Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. There wasn't a baseball show we liked, so we made one. This is Baseball Central with Jeff Blair and Kevin Barker on the Sportsnet Radio Network. 3-2 with the runner going. Swing and a miss! Kiermaier's down on strikes. Ten have gone into the glove for Alec Manoa, who's been brilliant through eight shutout innings over the Tampa Bay Rays. You know, physically, that was uh, something that we wanted to come, you know, that was a main goal of ours coming into the season. Uh, is go be a workhorse, go be a dog, uh, go give the team everything you got, you know. So, you know, hopefully this is the last one. Well, I would say that Alec Manoa gave the uh, <laughs> Toronto Blue Jays just about everything he had last night. Kevin Parker, the uh, Blue Jays, 8-1 winners over the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, they've now won nine of their last 10 games against AL East opponents. They're 36-29 and 29 within the division. At one point this year, we were talking about how they their division record wasn't any good, just as the record against teams over 500 wasn't any good. Uh, game two of the three-game series goes tonight, 7.07. Ben Wagner has the call right here on Sportsnet 590. The fan, Jose Barrios, on the mound for the Jays. Drew Rasmussen for the Rays. Uh, we'll give you the lineups and run through uh, run through some details, but Bark, we got it. We, we have to start by talking about Alec Manoa, and um, yeah, the offense is, continues to be a story for this team. Hmm. But Kevin, Alec, Alec Manoa, yeah, one of the things we talked about. Yeah, you're, you're big on this. Whenever we talk about a pitcher coming in to this team, you always talk about the AL East is a different animal. The AL East mm-hmm. is a different animal. Uh, you know, can can the stuff that the pitchers featuring in in another division work over here? Well, here comes Alec Manoa and, and Kevin. He seems to thrive in this division. Yeah, he's got great stuff. He's got great demeanor on the mound. He he's a bully. You know, listening to his Zoom calls, he 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 just talks about he wants to be the man. He wants to be the guy that nobody can hit. And I want to know where he got the slider from. Like I, I I've seen him pitch. I, I've critiqued every single one of his pitches. Mm-hmm. I've seen every slider he's ever thrown. I've never seen a slider look that, that way. Well, let's see if uh, he was asked about the slider today, uh, or sorry, last night. And 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 let's see if let's see if the the media. The post-game Zoom call. Let's see if people were able to drag out of Alec Manoa mm. why the slider was so good. You know, one of the things me and Pete had kind of talked about going into the game, you know, we've been throwing a lot of heaters, which is really good. You know, it gets gets us a lot of outs, a lot of outs early. Um, but kind of just wanted to come in tonight, you know, kind of let that, that slider set up the heater instead of the other way around. So was able to throw it. It was effective. Um, had really good feel for it, good command of it. So keep throwing it until they can hit it. So we really didn't get an answer. Absolutely not. Other, other, well, other than other than he did say he did say that you know he had the obviously he had the feel for it. Sure. Um, but but Bark would just talk about because there are people out there going yeah yeah slider is good. Talk about the importance of the slider 
for yeah. Alec Manoa. Yeah, now, now he started establishing that and, and throwing his slider a little bit more second time through. First time through, he wanted to establish the sinker, the four-seamer. He sprinkled some some change-ups and some sliders first time through. And then out of the 97 pitches, to his point, that he was just talking about there, him and Petey wanted to throw more sliders. Out of the 97 pitches, he threw 38 sliders. He threw 26 of those for strikes. That's his point. Like, it's when, – whenever I – was trying when I was facing guys that that had multiple pitches that they had confidence that they could throw them in any count for strikes and quality strikes. And that's one thing just to be able to flip one over right down the middle to a big league hitter. That's probably not going to come back. You're going to ask for a new baseball. It's another thing to be able to morph that into three different sliders. And he sort of got one now that looks like a little bit of a cutter that he can still strike one to a lefty. He's got the 12 six one that he can eliminate a lefty with, or he can Still a strike to a righty with that little get me over 12 6 breaking ball. And then he's got the one that goes two to seven that he can eliminate a right handed hitter with, or he can back foot a lefty with that thing that's a little bit harder, that has a little bit more oomph to it. And you can actually see him out there. He's giving it a little bit more finish and a little bit more. It's like snapping. I can't snap real good, but it's snapping off <laughs> his fingers a little bit more. And you can see that's the two to seven one. But I just, it, it's funny that w- what we saw. Him go from start to start. It's it's, you know, just the the, the demeanor of when he throws a bad one. Can I? That get, it's so quickly that he can fix it and throw a good one. Can I, just suggest something? And we won't know because we we didn't get a chance to ask him this. Mm. This was the third time he faced the Rays, and the first the the first two occasions were back to back. Do you think that maybe? Do you think that maybe the increased slider usage maybe stems from that, giving them? I, I'm just supposing here. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know, but but giving them. And you're right. It it, it can be a huge pitch for him, and it's got to be a huge pitch for him the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. But using it against the Rays, a team that's already seen him a couple of times. Yeah. Do you think maybe that? Because now if you're a Rays hitter, and let's say you've faced Manoa in those three games. Mm-hmm. You've basically seen two different pitchers, have you not? Yeah, sort of, I guess. You look, it, that's not obviously the best slider that, that he's, he's had as a big licker for me, that I've seen him, that he can throw it when he wants to throw it, where he wants to throw it, in certain counts, you know, even counts and and two-strike counts and to, to righties, to lefties. He can morph it into three different ones. He had nine of his ten strikeouts were on the slider, too. So he had good feel for it. That's the reason why he was throwing as many as he did. 38 of them is a lot. You know, when he's a big man, he's got deception. He's got late giddy up to the sink, the sinker and the four-seamer, and he chooses to throw more sliders in those counts than he does his sinker and his four-seamer. You know, he, he tried to to add in the changeup, but he didn't need it. It's just one of those nights where, you know, maybe he was in the he was in the pen, and I know that was the game plan. You want to throw a lot more of them. So maybe he went to the bullpen and really thought about, okay, mechanically, I can't alligator arm my – glove hand right. and pull it to the first base side. I can't do that. If I really want to flip this thing and I want it to go where I want it to go and I want to eliminate people with it mechanically, I got to get longer with it. And you could tell that when he started his down the, the mountain kind of thing and his hand would go out towards the catcher instead of that glove towards the first base. That's kind of the thing you're talking about of, okay, you're working on that in the pen. You want to come out and you want to establish that slider. And then you, you attack with elevated four-seamers. You know, I think he struck out the boomstick on a four-seamer elevated. But other than that, it was all, I got you where I want you. I'm going to throw that slider until you show me you can hit it. And 
I said this to you yesterday, and you laughed at me because you want Barrios. But what did I say? I said, for me, you have to have a bully on the block. If you're going to be a bully in the American League East, you got to be a big man to do it. Well, yes, but you're not suggesting that Manoa gets the ball in the one-game playoff. I would be okay with it. I'm not saying he's going to because I'm sure it'll be matchups and and who's lined up to do that. But if he's lined up to do it, you, you're not okay with it? I am. Like, I'm not – got three guys – Ryu, I, I don't want him anywhere near that game. That's just me. And but, I'm the with other, you. but the other three guys, you can throw them in a hat, close your eyes, pick a name out, and I'm okay with any of those names. Either one of them. That's just me. No, I, I, I no, I, I, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I, my thinking is you would probably see it. You're right. It will depend on matchups. My thinking is you got to go with Robbie Ray. One game playoff. Again, depending on how it lines up. Yeah, yeah. Like they may need to, to use Robbie Ray. Ray you know, two games before the end of the well, season to establish their, you know, their their game in that one-game playoff. So let's tee it up, shall we? We'll be joined by Danny Jansen at uh, 545. Joe Stittle's going to join us. Jim Duquette, the MLB Network, will be along as well. As always, 590-590 is your text line. Tomorrow, we will be on the air from 1 to 3. It's a 307 first pitch at the Rogers Center. So we will be your pregame show from 1 to 3 tomorrow. And yes, it will be walk-off Wednesday. So you'll be able to call mm-hmm. or text us tomorrow as, uh, who knows, maybe we'll get you set for potential sweep. Ooh, say race. it ain't so. I'm a little down on the Jays last night. Huh? Well, they only scored eight runs. What's wrong man. with them? Again, the reset. As of today, right now, this instant, the Toronto Blue Jays are atop the wild card standing. Folks, they will they would host the wild card game right now against the Yankees. They're a game up on the Yankees. At one point, they were, what, nine and a half back of the Yankees or some silly-ass number like that? Yeah. Boston is out of the wild card. Well, Boston and the Yankees are tied. They're out of the wild. Yankees get the edge right now on winning percentage by point zero zero one. The Seattle Mariners are two games back. Oakland is two and a half back. The Red Sox are in Seattle tonight. They've lost two in a row. The Yankees are in Baltimore. They won yesterday. And the Oakland A's are in Kansas City. They've lost two in a row. So the Jays got some help last night from the Mariners and from the Royals. And as we mentioned, the starting lineup, I don't know if this is, I don't know if this caught me off guard. Well, I, it didn't. When I knew Danny Jansen was coming on the show today, I, I kind of figured that he probably wasn't going to. Well, when you texted me and said it was 545, the, the first thing I thought of, isn't he playing? Yeah, exactly. But uh, the Jays lineup is as follows. George Springer's leading off at DH. Marcus Semyon's at second. Vladdy Jr.'s at third. Bo is at short. Teoscar Hernandez is in right. Corey Dickerson in center. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and left. Bravik Valera at third. Reese McGuire behind the plate for the Rays. Brandon Lau is back in the lineup. Austin Meadows, Nelson Cruz, G-Man Choi, Randy Rosarina. Mm-hmm. The J, uh, the Rays going with a more balanced, uh, with, with a with a more ba- a little more balanced lineup here. Joey Wendell, Yandy Diaz, Manu- Manuel Margot is in center field, and Mike Zanino yep. is behind the plate uh, for the Rays. We mentioned Drew Rasmussen on the mound for the Rays. Jose Barrios for the Blue Jays. It is a little surprising, is it not, that 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 Reese McGuire is catching 
is 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 catching Brios today. I understand lefty bat. I get I get all that, but Danny Jansen has done a pretty did a pretty decent job with him. Yeah, so so's Reese. Reese's Reese got him through a, a seven inning outing, a couple of start two like three starts ago. And actually, that was the start where he kind of got his feet back together. Or, or his, he kind of got his feet back on the ground. Well, it Barrios was more, did, it right? was more about the, the you know he's not tipping anymore. Right. He got his mechanics down. He's not ha- having the glove go over the top of his head. He can repeat delivery. He's getting the glove the the, the ball out of the glove a little bit quicker. You know, every, everything's repeatable. Everything looks the same. You know, that, that would allow him to throw it where he wants to throw it. At least start the curveball where he wants to start it. That's a big deal. You know, he's got a couple of them. Mm-hmm. You know, he where he wants to break it, where he wants to start it, depending on who's hitting. I think that's why you're seeing Ray's a little bit more balanced lineup instead of running out of, you know, six or seven lefties in a row. Because, you know, they saw last night that Alec Manoa could get in a groove with one pitch. It's a little easy. You know, it would be a little easier now for, for Barrios to have to mix it up a little bit. Lefty, righty, lefty, righty, that kind of thing. But, look, you know, I... I, I just think the bottom of the order. I, th- I think you, as long as you got the guys in in the, the lineup that are consistently where they're supposed to be, you know, you, you're sprinkling in the catcher. Does it really matter? Like as long as they have a good game plan, as long as they're, you know, keep their pitcher in the flow of the game, put the finger down. It's not a ton of shaking off. There's there's conviction in what you want to throw and when you want to throw it and where you want to throw it. And how many times you want to throw it? Does it really matter who's catching this time of the year anyway? You'd ask me that maybe in July. Ah, okay, I'm with you. September, nah, everybody should know what everybody wants to do by now, and you put it down and he throws it. Give me an option. Three three hitters you can talk about. Vladdy, that uh, that line, that is a very de- definition of a line shot home run. It was, what, 15 degrees uh, and 113.9 miles per hour mm-hmm. last night. His 45th home run of the year, he now lead Shohei Otani. We can talk about uh, Lourdes, or I'm sorry, we can talk about Teoscar Hernandez, five for five, four singles and a double. That's his first five-hit career game. Bark, he's, he's got the fourth-best batting average in the AL at 308. He's back at paid. He's got 102 RBIs, mm. and I know RBIs don't. They sure do. They used to. Huh. Or Bo Bichette, and uh, that home run off Ryan Yarbrough, and we talked about how... The Rays have pitched, have had a lot of success against Bo. Vladdy, they've had less success. Vladdy's OPS against the Rays this year is over 900. Batting average isn't great. I understand that batting average, we, and, and, and the Rays do seem to have more success with him uh, at Tropicana than any place else. But mm. okay. all that aside, uh, pick, pick, a, pick a hit, pick a home run, pick an offensive player. Because, well, well, we 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 never let's talk let's let's give Bravik Valera a little bit of love. Okay, I mean he he was what was he? He's three for three with three RBIs. He he had he had a, a two a two strike, a two two RBI hit to left field. That that's that's pretty big deal, right? You 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 have a, a decent approach at the plate. Your swings level, you know, not being an everyday guy for me, I tried to do that. That that's not the easiest thing to do. You need to simplify. It. You know, he is a a 60-40 guy. Now, what I mean by that is 60% of your weights on your back leg, 40% of your weights on your front leg because all he wants to do is thinking about that back knee throwing it as much momentum going forward as you possibly can. So you simplify that. Your That sort of eliminates your head movement. Your eyes don't move as much. You're hoping to just try and give yourself a chance to get a ball in the zone that you think because of your level swing, 
that you got a good chance of putting barrel to baseball. And got to give him credit. Like, you know, we we sort of, Brady McFlurry, what, who, when, why is he playing? And, you know, he's starting to be be a, a deal here. Like, he's starting to, you know, everybody else is doing their thing and, and everybody else that is supposed to do their thing. But I'm okay now with him playing third. I'm okay occasionally with him playing second if they have to and whatever the case is. Well, they're not going to do that now. But if he had to, I'm okay with him being on the field in big games. I don't know about you, but I like his approach. Yeah, we kind of talked about third bases. We we don't think the long-term answer is here, but we're kind of okay with the way it is right now. They're getting some production. The whole bottom of the order is, is, is giving them what they need. Mm-hmm. I do want to talk about, and I'm sure we'll talk about Vladdy's home run and when, when Jim Duquette uh, joins us. We'll talk a little bit more about the MVP. Well, I, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, uh, unfortunately. Does Jim have a vote? No. He would not. It's a a baseball writer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, my sense is that 95% of the population's probably already made up its mind. And uh, the vote is in before the playoffs. I don't know what Vladdy would have to do to talk him out of it. Where it gets interesting to me is because the votes are made public now, is there somebody out there? Are there two people out there who would vote for Vladdy to prevent it from being? I'm not saying people would go out and say, okay, we're not, we're not going to vote for Otani because we don't want a unanimous MVP mm-hmm. winner. But I'm just wondering, what if somebody does vote for Vladdy and you turn out to be the only guy? And I mean, that, that's a factor in a lot of these. You think so? Oh, hell yeah. No one wants to be the only guy who didn't vote for the guy who was near unanimous MVP. Hmm. And yeah, we'll, we'll, We'll talk about Vladdy later on in the show. I wanted to talk about, we talked about Tay Oscar going to get paid. I want to talk about Bo's home run. Yeah. Uh, wasn't wasn't a matter of velocity there. Change up. He went, that swing looked, it looked not having played the game. Mm-hmm. That looked almost impossible to do. To go down that low and get the ball. Yeah. Because I don't know how much power was generated. Mm-hmm. What's that like? Bark, what's it like to hit a home run where you've, you know, you've gone down really low? And it's not just, it's not just a rocket shot, but you've basically gone. Yeah, yeah, I don't don't know if you were listening to me yesterday when you asked me if you were, if I were Bo or if I were Vladdy, what my approach would be. And I said, split the plate in half. And if I were Bo, I I, I did think that I would think away. If you're Bo, you don't like the ball in because of your leg kick. What did he not have yesterday? He didn't leg kick. He used a two-strike approach all day. Like that's, but that pitch was it wasn't. Yeah, that that's the reason why. Like you, you, okay. we all know the hand-eye coordination, the bat speed, the the bat-to-ball skills, everything that you want as a hitter. Bo has it. It's just the timing and the rhythm of the leg kick that he's having an issue with. That's why he's not doing. It. Occasionally, he'll do it against the righty, but lefties because they can add and subtract, and because they can pitch in to him is the reason why he sort of eliminated that because he just wants to a little bit be a spin guy because of, of the, he's sort of, I don't want to say he's so much 60-40 because he's got toe up, heel up off the ground with his front foot. But he he is, all he's trying to do now is drop the back elbow, get the barrel in the zone as quick as you can and keep it in there as long as you can to get to a finish. That's all he's thinking about. And it's easier for him to do that on secondary pitches and even fastballs because he's eliminated his lower half. That's, for me, an approach. You, you're having an issue with something. You work on it a little bit in the cage. You start trying to translate that to the field. And I said this to you. Like, it, it just these things just don't happen overnight. And when I saw him 
do that. I, I knew everybody was going to go, man, look at that. It's it's half an inch off the ground. But his approach, what he's looking for in his window, he wanted the ball down. He wanted the ball away from him because he has his two-strike approach. Oh, oh, it's, you know, you can create backspin on a changeup. If you get it a little bit out in front and you just sort of, it's like a snap to a finish. Snap to a finish. And he had the bent front knee, which allows him a little bit easier to get to his finish. This again, he's elite. Like these, these we're not talking about just normal hitters that can do normal things. Like they're this is what I said, like Vladdy adjusting his routine to make his back quicker. You know, it was August and, and what was it? It was uh, July and August. He had a hiccup. Like he yeah. was trying to figure out routines, making up for guys who weren't there, thought he needed to carry all the load. You know, he's 22. I must work harder. I'm not seeing the ball the way I want to. Go in and take a 1,000 swings. That's not working. Back got slower. He got worse. Well, what's he do? He fixes his routine. Now it's more mental. I'm thinking about what the guy's throwing me, when he's throwing it, how much he's going to throw it. Now I'm quick enough to get the barrel to it and because I'm the best hitter on planet Earth. I can do what I want to do. So it's just fun to watch these guys make adjustments in September. They're so young, and they don't have experience to do it, but yet they're doing it. It's awesome. I love watching it. 707 will be the first pitch tonight. Joe Siddle of Blue Jay Central will join us next. You're listening to Baseball Central, powered by DoorDash. I was going to let you do one of these reads, by the way. You're listening to Baseball Central, powered by DoorDash, on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Now, back to more Baseball Central on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. All right, so we're going we're gonna to change things up a little bit here. We are absolutely here. not going to do that. We're going to change things up a we little are bit not. here. But no, we are. We, 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 we are not. We are, we're going to change things up. So you want me to host and break down every swing, every, every mechanical change that a pitcher's made, every base running thing that they've done. So basically... The, no, I would raise my no. hand in this room and ask no, the you, obvious question. No, you said to me. I said, let me ask my, my question to Siddle because it's a good one. Yeah, it is. And it it's is an a good obvious question. question. And, and, I, and, and then, and then yeah. you want me to run the show and no, do everything. No, but the understanding was you wanted to ask the question first. So we're going to have like Backwards Tuesday where I'm going to let Barker ask the first question. But in return... You got to do one of the DoorDash reads. Oh well, so th- 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 that's a trade. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think about for, this? He's basically <laughs> trying to make me do everything. Uh, Siddle, I mean, if he, he he's got to go in with both feet, that I'm is, not going to let him go in with like one foot and one toe. You want to you want to do that? You want to ask the first <laughs> yeah, question? It's, then a, you it's do always the it's always like, hey, hey, Joe, th- th- thanks for joining us. We're we're hope you're doing well. Is that? No, that sounds right. <laughs> that's right. But we do. Thank you for joining us, Joan. We hope you are doing well. That's and awesome. with that, I'm going to yield the floor yeah, yeah, to the uh, representative okay. from West Virginia, okay, Kevin you know, Barker. What's the, what's the old saying? That catchers know everything. Okay. Oh, I, I, need you, I need you to I explain this to me. I handed that off for that no, question? No, I need you to explain this to me. You're, so you're... Yeah, I, this is, I'm going to set this up for you. So you're telling me. Well, that now he's going to set it up. Well, I mean, I'm going to just leave the room if you're going to set it well, up. Well, the, the Lord of Scurriel Jr. Grand Slam. The Marcus Simeon walk-off home run. They couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat, and all of a sudden, they're this offensive team. Do you know why that is? Wow. First of all, I'm wiping my tears away. I've been laughing for like 30 (laughs) seconds listening to you guys. Uh, That's a great question, Bark. I I call it baseball. I call it just baseball. You know, they they were in a rut. Maybe you run into some tough pitching at times, and the, the strange thing about it all is was it like a lineup wide slump and that's when you really feel it but when you've got so many good hitters 
and they all kind of go south at the same time for the most part. I mean, most everybody was experiencing their struggles. That's really strange, but it's also what kind of losing streaks are made of, much like the way winning streaks are made of doing everything well. Pitching is working, bullpen's good, hitting. So, yeah, I don't think there's necessarily an answer for that. It's not like you flick a switch and say, okay, we're feeling pretty good about ourselves. We don't have to try real hard now mm-hmm. for a week. And then it's not like you flick the switch on and say, okay, guys, this is a big series against Oakland. we gotta, we got to win this. Well, they were losing Friday night there that one game, remember, before that big comeback, and then they sweep the A's. It just kind of snowballs, and, uh, you know, you can call it momentum, call it whatever you want. I don't think one instance in baseball or one comeback propels you to a winning streak i think they're this is a really good team and a really good lineup and uh, i mean by no means should they be storing all these runs they have in the last week but i want to say things kind of get back to the way they were but this is a good hitting team that was scuffling you knew they were going to recover and it, it's just the way it happens and some of the names you mentioned like guriel is a classic one for me i mean kind of had a st- tough year right compared to the hitter we've yeah. been seeing in the past and slowly getting better throughout the course of the season but he's a good major league hitter and so maybe it's, he's catching up now to get back to maybe finishing at the numbers we're supposed to be seeing from him. Joe, what did you make of Alec Manoa's slider Yes, last night, both its usage and the success he had with it? Because I, I, to me, it's the, best, it's the best I've seen that slider. Now, I think he, had, he, may, he may have had one outing in, against the Yankees where it was pretty good, but, but nothing, nothing like last night. It was, and it's almost like it was a, a game plan. I mean, going in, you know, usually he's a little bit more fastball changeup against those lefties. He'll mix in the slider, maybe backdoor and all. But with how electric it was, and it started right at the beginning with Phillips, the lefty, and he struck him out. And then I, I love the, uh, he elevated the fastball to Cruz, so you know that's still in the tank. But then as you throw more sliders in there, they keep working the way they have been. Now, whether that was a game plan to say, oh, we're going in, we're going to hammer these guys with sliders tonight, I'm, I'm going to guess that wasn't the game plan because you can have a game plan and say we are going that way instead of the changeup. let's go a little more slider heavy because of the seven lefties in the lineup but if he doesn't have a slider that night you change that plan in a hurry and maybe you try to find your changeup where you start sinking it or going inside to those lefties you have to come to a plan b but if it was to try that slider even though they went with seven lefties and it's the way it is you just keep rolling and boy did he ever keep rolling it was as good as we've seen it uh, you know, it, it, he, he manipulates. It's a lot like Barrios for me, right? He'll manipulate the break a little bit. Sometimes it's more straight down like a curveball. Sometimes it's got the horizontal break. But I think you game plan against a team, and we know the Rays can do this, throw seven lefties at him because he is almost unhittable against right-hand hitters, right? That's, so they throw the lefties in there. You try the slider. It was electric. You stay with it, and, oh, what a game plan that was. What, what's the one thing you're looking for from Barrios tonight? Well, it'll be very interesting to see if he goes with a similar, similar game plan because you've got, I would call, two very similar pitchers, right? They both throw that fastball in that 93-94 range. Um, they're both kind of arm side guys. Uh, Rios might come into those lefties a little bit more, but you see the lineups changed a little bit too. Now, I, don't, I didn't look back to see who had certain playing time or who did what, but, you know, no Brandon Lau last night. That was interesting. No Rosarena just because it was Manoa on the mound and he's tough on right. I don't know, but I think Kevin, Kevin Cash – Change that game plan a little bit. He's got Zanino back in there. He's got Brandon Lau back in there. Mm-hmm. He's got a Rosarena back in there. So I think he's going with his heavies a little bit tonight, knowing that maybe he tried something against a young pitcher, Manoa, and it didn't work because he had an electric slider, and I don't think it mattered who put you put in the lineup last night. So he's trying to attack it differently against Barrios, but I expect Barrios to you know, be himself. He's a guy that throws a lot of fastballs, but that breaking ball is a huge pitch for him as well. 
And we'll see him doing that down on the way to the righties. He'll backdoor to the lefties, but he's the, again, when you can manipulate the break and make it change, they're almost like two and three different breaking balls. And that's a, that's a big asset that he has. And I don't think it'll be a lot different from last night in terms of how you approach this lineup. I don't want to jinx the guy, but the Rays as a team are four for 47. This lineup is four for 47 against Barrios. Three of those hits have come from Kevin Kiermaier. He's not playing today. The other's from Brett Phillips. He's not in the lineup today. Uh, so if you do, you do that, I mean, basically, the, the Rays hitters that are in there right now are uh, 0 for 32, roughly. Yeah, 0 for, thir- 0 for 32 against uh, against Jose, Jose Barrios. Which is baseball, though, right? Baseball, oh, yeah. Who knows? Oh, yeah. This is why we can't wait to watch. But I just, I find it interesting, too, with Manoa and Barrios back to back in the rotation. I wonder if that'll get broken up ever because they are so very similar in the way they're going to attack you. Um, yeah, we spent a lot of time, obviously, talking about Vladdy and, you know, with good reason. You know, like I always say, anytime, anytime you're mentioned in the same sentence as Joe DiMaggio, You've done something special because normally the only time you see Joe DiMaggio's name mentioned anywhere is in the Yankees game notes because somebody in the Yankees is doing something that matches Joe, Di- Joe DiMaggio has done well. You know, Vladdy's got what he's got. He's got uh, 45 homers. Uh, he's one away from DiMaggio and he has the third most home runs in a season by a player age 22 or younger. Now, I made this point in social media yesterday and I get a little bit of traction with it here, Joe. I understand Shohei Otani's a unicorn. I get that. Uh, we have never seen a guy like Shohei Otani. We may never see a, a guy like him again. I mean, guys have tried to pitch and hit, but not to the degree he has. But if Vladdy wins a triple crown on a team that goes to the postseason and, you know, he, he plays a position, right? he plays first base, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I at least think there has to be a conversation here. I think there has to be a conversation here. And I'd ask people the same question. You know, David Ortiz, a lot of people wouldn't vote for David Ortiz as MVP because he's had a lot of his at-bats at DH. So I don't know. I think you can make a case for Vladdy. I, I, I really mm-hmm. do. I agree. I agree. I, uh, you know, what, what Otani is doing is truly unbelievable. And I don't want to diminish that at all, but. It's it's not like he's making 35 starts and throwing 200 innings with a exactly. uh, 170 ERA. It's not that. And again, it's amazing what he is doing. But you know, it goes back to the old uh, what's the word valuable mean? And are you allowed? I don't know if there are instructions and in how you vote. But to me, the word valuable means helping your team value get to the postseason. And unfortunately for the Angels, it's not his fault. But it almost goes back to the old Miguel Cabrera MVP Mike Trout thing too, yes, right? A lot does. of people said that. You know, the Trout's better numbers, better war, whatever numbers you want to look at. But Miggy was helping the Tigers to the postseason. So I I think that means a lot because, to me, Vladdy is more valuable to the Toronto Blue Jays than Otani is valuable to the Angels. And I know a lot of people disagree with that, and I don't know if there are strict guidelines in how you vote. If it's going to be that way, you should call it the most outstanding player and just change the name because valuable to me is a big word. Yeah, I listen. I, I'm with you, and I I voted in those things, and I'm with you completely on that. Mm-hmm. If you want to make it most outstanding player, that's fine. I mean, I'm a guy I voted for a pitcher for MVP when Greg Greg Maddox had a year. Ugh. 
I voted for Greg. I wasn't the only one. There were like six of us, five of us or six of us in the mm-hmm. National League that voted for Greg Maddox. And, I mean, his year, that was the year where it was insane. He, he, he was just like, he didn't lose, and he didn't give up runs, and he threw complete games. It was just, it was a remarkable yeah. year. And the Braves basically won their division because of Greg Maddox. So it's certainly, I don't think he's going to beat Otani because I think a lot of people love the Otani story, but I, sure. I think you need to have the discussion. I really I do. bet it'll get it better if he hits five more homers and they host a playoff game. <laughs> I, that's yeah. that's when the conversation will get serious. And Joe, we're going to let you scoot. Appreciate you doing this, as always. Yeah. Look forward to uh, Blue Jay Central in about an hour. All right, boys. Thanks for the entertainment early on there. That was it, awesome. Anytime. Anytime. Yeah. We're here for you. <laughs> we're here for you. That's right. 24-7. We'll come over and dance for you, too. <laughs> yeah. See ya. Take care. Jeff, it's Joe Siddle, Blue Jay Central. I, I don't dance. Hmm. I don't dance. 707 is the first pitch tonight. Ben Wagner joins us. Jim Duquette as well. Jose Barrios, Drew Rasmussen. Drew Rasmussen is a guy came over in the Willie Adamas yeah. deal along with JP Fireice and throws a bazillion miles an hour with a, sli- with a slider. Yeah. That's all what you it's twenty twenty one. And as we thought when the deal was made, the first thing whenever the Rays make a deal and you get that it's written up the the Rays traded Willie Adams to Milwaukee for uh, for J.P. Fireeyes and Andrew Rasmussen. The first thing I did was, okay, Drew Rasmussen. How hard is he throwing? Yeah, what what, yeah, what yeah. do they got? Yeah, yeah. He's a what, sidearm guy? What, what do they got? What yeah, do they got? Yeah, well, let me guess. He throws 61 <laughs> miles an hour from 15 different angles. That's but it. he does not do that. He, he does not. He, he throws a bazillion with a slider. He, he does indeed. He does throw a bazillion miles an hour with a slider. Barker, I want you to read that. You're going to take how, us How out. can I read? You could you read it right there. I gave you your thing. You we got to go because Jared's it right joining now? us. Yes. All right. You're, you're listening to Baseball Central, powered by DoorDash on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Now, back to more Baseball Central on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. I hate when you do that. When you you say something when we're in break, and then you get me thinking, and then I. Hmm. <laughs> it's a good. It's a good. It's a good conversation starter. Maybe we'll do it tomorrow. We got an off day Thursday. We can do it Thursday. Yeah. It's just a good. But Parker and I were talking off air. We're, we're getting into comparing 2015 and this this year's Blue Jays team, but in a, in a different way. Their 15s lineup when they were hot. 2021's lineup when they're hot. That's the question. I'd really, I'd really have to think about that. One thing I don't have to think about, though, see, that's what we call a segue. Way to go. One thing I don't have to think about, though, is the fact that uh, since he has returned from the IL on August 31st, Danny Jansen is batting 440 with three home runs, Oof. nine extra base hits, nine ribbies in eight games. Um and we're very pleased to be joined by Jay's catcher, Danny Jansen. Danny, thanks so much for joining uh, Kevin and myself. It's great to see you back here. Great to see you hitting the way you, the way you are. Look, I, I know you you mentioned in a Zoom call that you went down uh, to, to the minors when you were in the IL, and, and you worked on your approach, keeping your head, keeping your head still, things of that nature. Is, is that really, is it as simple as that? from where you are now? Uh, for me, uh, yeah. You know, I think um, 
you know, having the, you know, the start that I had this year, obviously not the start I was hoping for. Um, so uh, having a lot of downtime, especially on the IL too, it will kind of work on my, on my swing in the cage. Uh, definitely helped me. But I think the, the biggest thing is, is for me personally, just to kind of get out of my own way at times. You know, I think that that's the, a big thing for me. I think it's a big thing for everybody. It's kind of finding out how to get out of your own way. You know, majority of the time, it's not the swing, it's the approach, and it's it's seeing the ball as best you can, and and doing that. You know, trying to be still and, and limiting, you know, moves and stuff like that, and just trying to barrel the baseball. You know, that's that's the key, and that's the key for me. Uh, Danny, what, is that going to be hard to maintain at the big league level? And the reason why I ask that is when I talk to John Snyder, it's a lot of advanced scouting for you guys. You know, he he's throwing a lot at you guys to get you know, your pitchers through games and you're more worried about that part of it than you are maintaining what you've found out at the, at the minor league level to bring it here. Is that going to be a hard transition for you to, you know, I, I need to separate a little time to go to the cage and continue keeping this going. Yeah. You know, I think that, you know, one of my strengths is being able to separate the two, the two games, right. With defense and offense. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, and I, I try to pride myself on, on preparing the best I can defensively. You know, being, being a catcher, it's so important. And uh, I, have, I have over the past, you know, year and a half or you know, two seasons, I've given myself time to go to the cage and sometimes too much time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so, yeah, I think it's something that only when I struggle and only to struggle, like you kind of learn from it. And I think that's just me learning about myself at the big, big level and learning about the adjustments that I'm making a lot of times aren't really physical, they're mental. And it's, it's, you know, getting that through my head and, um, but still maintaining the two different games. You know, I, I love, I love being a catcher of everything with the preparation, the, you know, the advanced reporting, you know, being, being behind the plate in big situations. And, and I'm always going to be, you know, strong minded for the defensive part of the game, but um, definitely find, you know, finding out what really works for me in the cages where it's limiting some swings where it's not, you know, crushing myself in there, but it's getting what I need to be, what I need to do. Now, Danny, one of the things we were talking about yesterday is the Rays have a guy who made the all-star game in Mike Zanino and a terrific defensive catcher and just hammers the ball. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not asking you, do you think you could become Mike Zanino? But given the way this lineup is, do you, do you, do you ever kind of just think, you know, I can, I can help this team by being as good as I am defensively and basically just going up and pulling the hell out of the ball? And, and you know, and, and if I hit... And I mean this with all due respect. I mean, if I hit 220 with 25 home runs, that's and I and I'm playing good defense, that's pretty good. Like I, I'm just wondering if there are guys yeah. in the game that you've looked at and you think, okay, maybe that's kind of where my happy zone would be. Yeah, you know, I think that uh, you know what you said. They're pulling the baseball. That's always been a, a, a strength of mine, and that's always been something that I'm not shied away from. I, I want to be you know, using all the fields and stuff like that. But, but there's times where, you know, when I'm pulling the baseball, I feel like I'm at my best and getting that out and, and doing things that helps with my timing when I pull the baseball. And uh, so, yeah, you know, that's, that's something that I've also learned. It's like, that's another part of like getting out of my own way. It's like, that's kind of who I am. And I feel like I could really, um, I could really take off from that and kind of, you know, finding myself, I feel like I'm on my way of doing that. And, um, you know, I really like the way Mike catches and obviously he's hammering the ball and, um, so yeah, I do think that I can do that. Absolutely. Uh, you, you caught Jose Barrios not too long ago for the first time. What, what do you think of his stuff? This stuff's great. This stuff is, it's, it's electric. He's got the sinker, you go back door with the sinker, you go sinker in, he's got great command of it. Um, his slider obviously is, is, you know, um, it's an elite, elite pitch and he's got a change up too that he can throw kind of the righties and lefties. So, 
Um, and also the forcing fastball, he, he runs that up, you know, top of the zone. He's got, he's got all sorts of weapons and, uh, he's been a great addition. He's an awesome dude, great teammate. He's a competitor and it's really fun to be behind the plate when he's on the mound. Now, another guy that I've actually been dying to ask you about because you've caught him a lot, Hyunjin Ryu. We know about the forearm. Um, you know, he, I, he, he had told us during a, his Zoom call that he decided to throw, bring out the slider uh, in the start before the last yeah. one. Uh, could you tell us a little bit, bit about, one, that process of deciding you're going to incorporate the slider more, how that came about? And two, what are you seeing with with Hyunjin Ryu right now? Yeah, you know, I think um, it's not like he's never had that pitch. It, we've had it in the reports. We've had it. I think we shied away from it. I think that he's got, you know, Ryu's got all sorts of weapons and all different quadrants of the zones. And I think that, you know, that Yankee game with some of those guys in there that, that we thought we can really get uh, that slider down and in and really use it, it was really effective. And we kind of didn't shy away from it that, that start. So, um, it's something that's kind of coming about where it's like, you know what, it's, it's actually a really good pitch for him. It's just something that we can we can really dive into, and, and he dives into, and he can see that, all right, that's a good candidate for that slider, and we can incorporate it more. I think he's getting uh, a lot more feel of it. Um, I think he's throwing it. Like I say, he's throwing it more from the last last two starts. We, we, we've been throwing it. So um, it's, it's definitely a good pitch for him. And you know what, I mean, it was definitely, you know, uh, you know, a tougher, a tougher start for him last time, um, but he's a pro, and he is already on to the next start. Um, he's already diving into, uh, you know, for the Twins, and, and you know, he'll be he'll be just fine. Danny, listen, we really appreciate you joining us. It's uh, great mm-hmm. to see you back. Really good to see you hitting. Keep it going, my yeah. friend. Really appreciate it. Good luck. Thank, thank you, guys. That was a pleasure to be on here. Appreciate it. Take care. That's Danny Jansen, Blue Jays catcher. I don't know why I root for him so much. I I I just. For whatever reason, you know, it's you see how how he struggled offensively and how hard he works behind the plate and his blocking and his setup and his framing and and then the offensive side was just was so far behind his defensive part of his game. Oh, the other the other yeah. thing too, Mark, though, is we you know, we talked to different people in the organization, but we also talked to some of the same people in the organization. And I mean, there isn't any there isn't anybody there isn't anybody in that in that organization that one doesn't say good things about him, but yep. two, really, they really want him to succeed. Like his teammates, the coaching staff, the front office, they've got, they've got a lot invested in this guy. Yep. And well, as you, you know, as well as anybody to a man in that rotation, everybody wants to throw to him because he's a good game caller. Yep. Like his, his game calling's good. He thinks ahead a couple of pitches, you know, he reads bats well, which is, a, you know, a little bit of the other two catchers don't always do that. And, I just, I just think if oh, he mentioned that pulling the baseball, be who you are. Yeah, like maybe, exactly. Maybe, maybe that minor league thing, he went down, you know, he widens Mark, out, he, he's in his base more. It's good enough in this lineup. Why not be? It's like, good enough like, in this like lineup. Think, think up the middle to the pull side, get the head out and get it singing. Cool stat, courtesy of the Jays PR department. Danny Jansen, since 2021, I'm sorry, since 2020, has blocked 97% of the balls in the dirt, which yeah. is the first in the majors. And the reason I'm throwing that out is because it's not just game calling, but when you have a staff that throws the way this staff does, you 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 got to be able to get down okay, there. Okay, I got to ask you something right now between the three catchers. Oh, I knew you. If were there's go a there. big game you have to have, who's catching it? No matter who's pitching, <sighs> forget about who's on the mouth, because it ain't going to be Ryu if it's a big. For me, not right now. They got better options, but. 
I, out of the other three guys, out of the three catchers. Now, it's probably going to be Kirk with Ray because of that comfortable thing. I Well, okay. But, if we... <laughs> If we take Ray out of the equation and Rio out of the equation, and we're and you talking got two about guys, Brios and to meet Manoa. Danny Jansen. Yeah, me too. To meet Danny Jansen, just to set up and not afraid to throw your best pitch with two strikes with a runner on third base, right? But I reserve the right to have Alejandro Kirk in the lineup as DH. Oh, you all time. I reserve you do the that. right to have Alejandro Kirk in the lineup as DH. We appreciate Danny Jansen uh, joining us so close to game time. We are a little more than an hour away. From first pitch between the Jays and the Rays at the Rogers Center, the roof is open. Jim Duquette of the MLB Network and MLB Network Radio will join us next. So we'll talk about this. How do you, how do you pay all these guys? How do you pay Bo? How do you pay Vladdy? How do you pay Tay Oscar? How do you extend Jose Barrios? Oh, yeah, and uh, those two free agent dudes, the second baseman and the Cy Young guy. How do you make this all work? I mean, aside from raising everybody's cell phone bill by 3,000%. I didn't say that, did I? No, I didn't. You're listening to Baseball Central, powered by DoorDash, on the Sportsnet Radio Network. One's a lefty who'd often pitch hit against the pen. Number 22, Kevin The other's a lefty with a pen. MLB player Kevin Barker and sports writer Jeff Blair host Baseball Central on the Sportsnet Radio Network. What is this? Is this pick on Jeff Day? <laughs> yeah, every day. Uh, I spend the morning in the dentist chair. I come in uh, here. Why? I'm living rent free. Playing play play hurt. Oh, Playing hurt. Rent free. At least now my the, the right side of my mouth isn't drooping down, and I'm uh, not drooling anymore. But. Uh, and I'm getting all this abuse. What? I'm getting all this abuse. Barker, tell the listeners, by, by it's Baseball Central with Blair and Barker, if you need to. We've got a baseball game at 7.07 against the Tampa yeah. Bay Rays. Jim Duquette joins us in a few minutes. 595.90 is a text line. We'll get to it in a minute. Tell us the, uh, t- we'll, 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 we'll tell our dear listeners what you just said to me. Because <laughs> Not you were, a chance. I'm, we've been, I, I'm saying that. I got Barker to read the the DoorDash read that we have, because our friends at DoorDash are, are you know, they're, putting good money in to sponsor this show. Mm-hmm. And so Barker went ahead and you know, did an okay Nailed job. Nailed it. We didn't oh. need simultaneous translation like we did the first time you came on the show. It was fine. It was good. But what was your line to me? Like, you were so proud that you were able to do that, that you were able to say you're listening to Baseball Central Powered yeah, yeah. by DoorDash and the Sports Night. You were so proud of that. And then what did you... This is your burn. You, re- you tell me. Well, no, you burned me. Barker's line to me was, and I quote, don't forget, Jesus, you went to school to learn to read. I didn't, which I, I don't know what that means. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Maybe they, yeah, you know, maybe you were out in the Smoky Mountains or wherever the hell yeah, you're I was from. and it you're, down and getting it singing. You're, you're, you're getting not, it down and getting it singing. <laughs> yeah. And I was getting it down and getting it rhyming. Uh-huh. Or spelling. Mm. Anyhow. Bring in Jim Duquette. Mr. Duquette, thank you uh, so much for joining Mr. Barker and myself. As uh, always, it is it is it is great to talk to you. We trust you're doing well. And Barker's got Barker wants you to basically do Mark Shapiro and, and Ross Atkins yeah. job for them in a few minutes. So I'll let him ask you the tough <laughs> I'll let him ask you do the, t- the the tough question. I did want to ask you this. Like if 
Yeah. I understand Shohei Otani's a unicorn and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But Jim, if Vladdy yeah. wins a triple crown, if he hits 50 bombs, he plays every day, plays a position every day at first base, and his team goes to the playoffs. Right. Somebody has to mark him down as an MVP. Can they have to? Don't doesn't somebody have to give him a vote? Yes, and, and I think it'll be closer than people think. I, listen, um, I got into this argument a couple of years ago when uh, this went down, uh, when when Miggy was up against Trout and uh, Miguel Cabrera was uh, it was a Triple Crown winner. And mm-hmm. I'm like, listen, as good as Mike Trout was. Um, you know, he wasn't part of a winning team, and the Triple Crown is so rare. The last time in the American League was, was 67 with Carl Yastrzemski. The last time in the NL was, like, in the 30s. So, like, voters look at that, and there's, you know, still a fair amount of voters who who, who actually think the Triple Crown is something, which it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's ridiculous. So, so I think that um, I would not count out Vladdy's, Vladdy's uh, candidacy in the MVP if he wins a triple crown, but it, I mean, it's just so Tommy is just so, so crazy. Like you mentioned, the unicorn part of it, like it's, it's insane what he's doing too. So I don't know how they would, how they would uh, kind of justify that. I, I said this, Otani, you look at his last, I don't know, 30 games or so on the offensive side, it hasn't been that good. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's been, you know, the power has kind of slowed down. That's why Vladdy passed him, but, but also his batting average is like 215 ish in that range. Um, so he's tailed off a little bit and uh, you know, we'll see what happens in the next three weeks. But I, it seems like right now there's a lot of voters that have kind of made up their mind without giving Vladdy his due. Like, hey, listen, you got to relook at this case a little closer. Okay, Jeff sort of set that up a little bit on. You know, I was going to ask about front offices and the outcome of seasons, whether that would yep. persuade an organization to sign free agents one way or the other, like Marcus Simeon, like Robbie Ray. Yep. The, the outcome of a season does that have anything to do with it? Or do you think this time of the year front offices have already made up their mind? Well, I, I do think, uh, Kevin, that, that, you know, the outcome of the season, you know, and, and this kind of speaks to the direction that they've been going and, and said they were going to go. Now now that, you know, they've, they're winning, it's kind of, you know, they're backing it up, not just with their words, but their actions. And so that kind of pro- comes into play like, all right, well, we're, our window now is open. Uh, and we're going to spend money to maintain this window of, of winning. Um, and so whether it's re-signing Simeon and Ray or finding their replacements because whatever, for whatever reason they, they don't want to pay the money or, or maybe Simeon has another place in mind or maybe he wants to play shortstop somewhere else and the Jays don't want to play, you know, the Jays want Bichette. Like there's so many different factors in free agency that there's no guarantee that they, you know, that they're, they're going to sign back. But uh, it, they have – they have at least shown that the willingness to keep those two guys, and if not, find a replacement. Yeah, because you you know as well as anybody, you know the Yankees in the offseason love them some power throwing lefties who can punch out a bunch of right-handed hitters who the Jays have. And right. I would think the Yankees, Yankees would have come a call into Robbie Ray. If you're the Blue Jays organization, you might want to think about trying to keep him away from that, No. You would think, if you can, yeah, if you can, if, if listen, if there's a way to do that, for sure. I mean, Ray, Ray, you know, you get you have to give the Jays credit for you know uh, trading for him when he was going through. You know, Ray has been, as we know, been a dominant guy, but he's also gone through his ups and downs. Yeah. You know, like any pitcher, but he, you know, he's changing his arm action there to to try to be more consistent when he was with the Diamondbacks, and he is more of a short arm action, and. 
and you know was like, like what G, uh, Lucas Giolito did a couple years ago, and it, it's worked for Giolito. But I've always been skeptical for guys who go from the kind of that long arm action and real smooth arm action to a, you know shortening up and changing it because there's still I don't think there's a lot of evidence to suggest that those are good long term moves. Guys that would be able to eat up innings for five six years at a time. And and so I didn't like it when Ray did it. And so Ray went back to his, his kind of old delivery, and he's been obviously dominant. And, and I think that that's the guy that, for me, you have a real good chance of, of keeping, and you keep him away from mm-hmm. all the other competition. The problem with a guy like Ray, when I say problem, he's, mm-hmm. he's pitching so well, the, the expense is really, really high yep. on a guy like that in the free agent market. you know, And so – Sometimes you, you sign those guys and then you're like, as, as soon as like, you know, the nationals knew Strasburg, they went out and gave him this huge deal. And, and now they're going to be sweating out the next four years, whether that's, whether he's even a pitch for them, you know? So that happens with pitching. It's very, uh, they're very risky, obviously. You know, I, I know people in this city are enjoying the, the race and I've sort of had an, philosophy here that I don't like to talk about Ray or Simeon all, Simeon all that much because I want to enjoy the race and that, you know, that we'll cross that bridge and we come to it. But the the guy who's really started to intrigue me on this team, Jim, in terms of how you would handle paying him is Teoscar Hernandez because you know, yeah, yeah, he's not Vladdy, he's not Bo, but if you talk, and I know you talk to people in this team, they'll tell you he is hugely important I know that people say we overrate the leadership stuff, et cetera, et cetera, but Teoscar Hernandez is hugely important to how that team and that clubhouse governs itself. And, oh, by the way, he's, you know, what, fourth in the uh, in, in the National League in hitting, and he's probably going to finish with, like, 110 ribbies, and I understand ribbies aren't what they used to be, but mm. they're, when you get the 110, they, they do count for something. Yeah. How do you handle that if you're the Jays? You know, because you got you got these free agents, and then if you don't sign the free agents, you got to fill that hole. And at some point, Vladdy's going to get Fernando Tatis Jr. money. Bo may not get that, but Bo isn't going to be cheap either. And there's kind of Teoscar waving his arm and going, "Don't forget about me." (laughs) Well, and you know, the hard part with him is he hasn't done what he you know he had in a limited season last year. And a lot of people I talked to, you know, they kind of throw out the 2020 season. Mm Uh, but that was that was the season that he had. You know, it's kind of his coming out to some degree, and he's backed it up this year. And so, you know, when you when you look at it, season and a half, you feel better about it. But I also see the other side of it. Like I I wonder what his value would be outside of of the the Blue Jays. You know, would he get that big contract that he would be looking for? You know, off of a season like this. Like it's you know, like Jeff, you're saying RBIs aren't quite the same, and and I, I'm with you. The front offices don't value it unless you don't have a guy that drives and runs and then, and then yeah. they're out of their minds to think, you know what I mean? So yeah. like I, I've watched, I've watched teams not be able to drive in runs all season. Look at the Mets, look at uh, the Yankees, you know, and, and so those get, those teams say, okay, give me a guy that drives and runs. And, and so, you know, he would have his value. I just like for, for, for Teoscar, a normal year, he might, he might be a guy that someone gives a hundred million to. I don't think he gets that uh, mm-hmm. from other teams. And so that one might play better you know, for the Jays, because they might be the highest bidder. The semi one's a little more, a little more, um, I think it's more difficult because, you know, Teoscar has been there. He's tied into that clubhouse, like you mentioned. Simeon's been a one-year almost rental, you know, and I, I don't know what Simeon, even though Simeon's had a great year, and I'm sure he'd love to go back there. I'm, I'm sure other people have seen him well and, and would be willing to pay him a lot of money 
as a shortstop because the shortstop market, I think, is going to be ridiculous this winter, ridiculously high. Joined by Jim Duquette on Baseball Central. Um, you're in New York. Which of those two teams, Jim, is the tougher nut to crack right now? If you're, you know, taking stepping back and taking a, a long view of this thing. Yeah, and, and yeah the, the Yankees are still, they're still in the, the race, obviously. They're still in the wild card picture. But uh, of those two teams, which front office has the, the heavier lifting in the next two or three years? Boy, that is a good question. I, you know, that, um, I feel like uh, in, in the next two or three years, it's a tough call because they both have a lot to, a lot of heavy lifting to do, I, I feel. And, you know, the expectation level, the Yankees every year, they seem to find a way. I, I feel like the Mets have a, have a, a, a heavier lift because, uh, you know, it's a new ownership group. The tendency on a new ownership group is to not – it takes a little while to kind of get your bearings on, on trusting the people that run your front office – um, they want to be the Yankees. The Yankees are already there. They want to be, you know, the Mets want to be the Dodgers, you know, and to do that, you have to spend money and you have to spend it wisely. And, and you have to build an infrastructure, which they're all in the middle of doing like the Yankees, because they've had so much continuity and consistency, they have some of that already in place. So I feel like the, the heavier lift are the, are the Mets um, in that regard. But, you know, there's been some, some things we've seen with the Yankees this year that, uh, you know, concern me from afar in, in some of their evaluations, uh, why they would go into the season thinking that all right-handed hitting lineup would be uh, effective. I don't know. <laughs> I, I know mm-hmm. People have been saying this. I've been saying it for a long time. But, you know, so so they've had some internal evaluations, that I'm not, you know, and maybe they've been relying, relying too much on their analytics. But it's, you know, it's one of those type of things. Like, like there's some things we don't know about from the outside that I think have been going on in, internally that um, – would concern me there with the Yankees, but I, I have a high degree of faith and confidence in Brian Cashman. And I think we don't know yet with the Mets, what's going on. Yeah. It's interesting hearing you describe it like that, because one of the hallmarks of the Yankees when they were so good was they generally did make the right decision, right? They made the right call on which player to go in on. They made the right call on which player not to move, not moving Jeter to the outfield. You know, all, all these things that they, uh, you know, that they, they, they came up. They came up with the right idea. Or they made the correct decision. And and I, I I look at Glaber Torres being moved to second base. Like you know, I I talked to a couple people a couple of years ago, and and their concern was that the Yankees were gonna kind of try to mix and match and try to find a place to put this kid instead of just saying, "Here, you're here, stay here." I think a lot of people think he should he should have been a second baseman, don't they? Well, I know I did, and I know there are a few people that were in my in my corner. And, you know, it, it, again, being in the front office, when you see, you know, I've been here where you believe what you believe, right? And no mm-hmm. one, you know, you think you have the inside track on the guy and you know him, you know the makeup, you know that he can handle it. And, but I also knew this. I also know that they were looking, you know, as an example, Lindor was a, a guy that they were looking to trade for potentially. They were a, kind of a sleeper team in on the trade market there last year. I thought Toronto was too. I was hearing that. Um so I, I don't know, you know, from that side of it that um, that they properly evaluated Torres, but I also know that you know they were hopeful that he could be really almost a Marcus Simeon type, an offensive guy who could catch the ball too. He just has you know the mental side of it has eluded him. The you know, he's throwing balls away, he's underthrowing it. Like it's 
it's all over the place. And for me, I, I just felt like just watching him, he's going to have to move to second. And they made the right move. It's not an ideal situation because Urshela um, going over there, obviously, is a third baseman. But that's what they have at the moment. And um, I think they could go, you know, as, an, as a late-inning replacement for Urshela with this kid, Velasquez, who's from their system, good defender. Um, they had to send him to the minor leagues, but, but he's a guy that I would expect will be up as soon as possible and be a late-inning defensive uh, guy for them. Jim, as always, we appreciate your time. Thank yeah. you for doing this. Great, Great stuff. stuff. You got it, guys. Always always a pleasure. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Absolutely. Bye. Jim Duquette of uh, MLB Ugh. Network Radio and the MLB Network, former MLB general manager. A, a great a great insight. You know, that, that uh, I mean, I thought this was the year that, you know, maybe, maybe you had a, a Subway World Series kind of in the back of my mind. Ugh. But mm. I'll ask you. If I gave you a choice of those two teams and said, you can take over as general manager you, and you can do what you want with that team, which mm. team are you taking over? Because you know the Yankees have got an owner, or the Mets have got an owner that's going to spend money now. Yeah. I would almost rather have the Mets than the Yankees. I don't know how you feel. Yeah, that's that's a tremendous question. You know, the, the the Yankees' age, athleticism has caught up to them. They just don't have a ton of it. Like they they're they're older in some places, in some big places. You know, they have a consistent DH, which kills them. You know, the Blue Jays have sort of worked it in. You can where they have a, a that a revolving door kind of DH. Well, the mm-hmm. Yankees don't really have that with Giancarlo Stanton. I know he's playing a little bit more outfield now. Ugh, look, it. I, the the Mets thing scares me because their owner is very vocal, a, 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 a very vocal owner. You know, I, I, I guess I guess the Yankees have always been vocal. It just seems like not as much, or maybe I'm just not listening enough because you get tired of seeing the Yankees win all the time. Maybe that's a little bit of it too. But who wouldn't want to be the GM of the Yankees? Yeah, like I know it's the American League East, but you 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 got everything right in front of you. Like you're always going to be in it somehow. You're expected to win. There there's a there's a. Do you really have that with the Mets? Like, are you, are they expected to win every single year? I, I I guess within their organization they are, but throughout baseball are they? Not really. So if I if you had to give me you have to give me a choice, I'm picking the Yankees. By the way, uh, Nate from Winona, weighing in on the text line five ninety five ninety. And Nate, you 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 have made my you have made my my day. Mm. I can appreciate the fact that Jeff forced Barker out of his comfort zone by asking him to read the DoorDash ad. Yeah. It's important for people to challenge themselves, mm. even it is even if it is even if it is even if Jesus. Even yeah, if it is stop four it. years of college. Right <laughs> Six. Even if it is something as minor as reading an ad. Right. Nate from Winona. Yeah, I did come from a from a town that didn't have a stoplight and went to the show and got it down, got it singing. So give me a little yeah, bit of credit. Your town had a no. Give your, me a little bit of town credit. Had no, a stoplight. Did not. It, it had a stop so. sign, not a stoplight. Big difference. Yeah, that's so, true. Hey, so okay. give me give me a little bit of credit. And I thought I nailed that. That was good. I matter of fact, I want you to do the next one. I didn't have. You know, you know, I don't get paid enough. Yeah. I mean, there is a host of this show and a guy that carries the show. So that's, I mean, we, we, we have our, we have our own weight to carry here. Okay. We have our own weight to carry. <laughs> that's a pretty good way yeah, of putting yeah. it. Yeah.
59590 is a text line. Okay, Joe from Upper Beach is Barker and Blair. Mm. Or Blair and Barker. Mm. I like it the other way. Please tell me which Blue Jays starting pitching staff is better, the 2015 or 2021 staff. This one for me. Starting. Yeah, okay. Starting pitching staff. Yeah, bullpen. I still like my. I mean, the little guy turned out to be, you know, it was run out of, had issues. And I know the Jays had to get rid of Roberto Asuna, but I, I don't see a closer here that gives me the confidence Roberto Asuna did in a day-to-day basis. And that's nothing against Jordan Arano. He very, very... I like my rotation going into the seventh inning and and eliminates at least one arm, which is not what the 2015 team did. You had to use more arms. You're right. Gibby was over there, the mad scientist. Well... Figuring out how to how to get everybody in the right spots, oh, yeah. and, and you know he was nursing Aaron Sanchez, right and he had Marcus Stroman, and, and I mean, yeah, yeah. right now the twenty twenty Marco Estrada don't have to do that for the no. most part. You know, there, stuff, there's a, there's a stuff couple wise, there's no comparison. There is not. That's the that would be my interesting question. If you had that rotation in twenty fifteen going against this lineup in twenty twenty one, this rotation in twenty twenty one going up against that lineup. In 2015, who wins? Seven-game series. We'll say that. Seven-game. Yeah, yeah, seven-game series. I think this team does. It's a good question. I think this team does. It's food for thought. Someday we'll have to. Sports Talk Radio. We can do what we want. Someday we'll have to have one of those Sports Talk debates where we ask people, Marcus Stroman or Alec Manoa? Oh, who are you choosing? Oof. I could do that. The that Alec Manoa yeah. last night? This place would be. I mean, they have to put flame retardant. The Alec Manoa last night? Who the, who's they, who are they facing? <laughs> where, where are they doing it at? Home or road? I mean, all those things have to come and play. You, yeah. You'd have to be very specific. I agree with you. Ben Wagner is the radio voice of the Blue Jays. He's going to be doing some work at 707 tonight. He's got Drew Rasmussen. He's got Jose Barrios. He'll be calling the game. He'll join us next from the Rogers Center. You're listening to Baseball Central, powered by DoorDash on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Now, back to more Baseball Central on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Okay, I may be apologizing in advance here. I've been doing a lot of that, haven't I? Yep. I may be apologizing in advance here to uh, Ken and Barry, but I think, I think you sent us a text last year at roughly the same time. And uh, this was very much, as I remember, a text that was close to Barker's heart. Jeff, Kevin, is this season going to come down to that first weekend of October? And if so, is it acceptable to watch the games from my dear blind? Oh. Ken and Barry. That was, I remember that. I think Ken, I think Ken. 1,000% it is. I think it's the same guy. And of course it is. Absolutely. Put your your headphones on in where you don't scare away the deer. That would be good. Yeah. Of course you can. That's big league. I mean, I don't know if I'd want to be. I got. Watch Vladdy hammering 3-1 fastballs. I don't know. I don't know if I'm a deer blind. No, I'm not. How could it get any better? There's a deer in my sights. Bambi in my sights. Bambi, yes. And I'm got the Jays game on, and all of a sudden here, 
Get up, Paul. Get out of here. <laughs> Boom, off goes the deer. So, yeah, wear your headphones. Let's bring in Ben Wagner, radio voice of the Blue Jays. How you doing, Ben? Ben. Hey, I'm good. Oh, I see you were co-hosting today. What? Huh? Huh? <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, you actually listened to the show. Very uh, a, good, I, Mr. Hi. Wagner. Hi, I'm Ben Wagner, a loyal listener. Yeah. Uh, First time, long time. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> By the way, Ben, you know, I, 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 I was going to mention this the other day, but if you remember back in the offseason, I switched my allegiance from the Minnesota Vikings to the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> what the hell happened? And am I, am, I, am, I, like, am I destined to be... Talk on it. Okay. I thought we were going to talk about 97 down and in and Vladdy turning on it today. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about the Colts. All right. All right. So let's talk, uh, let's this talk is about the Broncos. How about the Broncos? This is a happy place. You know what? We just had Jim Duquette on, and and uh, we were talking about the MVP race. And Jim Duquette thinks it might be closer than a lot of oh. us think it is because he thinks a lot of people are going to be looking at Vladdy. You know, we, and Shohei Otani, again, he's a unicorn, great player, but he hasn't exactly he hasn't set the world on fire in the past, you know, in the past uh, couple of weeks. I, I'm wondering. I, I And I, I was an MVP voter, so I kind of – there's a lot – I understand some of the psychology of this, but I don't know, man. I, I, I mean, I keep looking at the numbers and I keep thinking if this team goes to the playoffs, I love Shohei Otani, but he doesn't play a position in the field. He's a DH. Vladdy plays every day. He's probably going to hit 50 home runs. He's probably, he could win the batting title. I, I don't know, man. I find it hard to, I find it hard to overlook a dude winning a triple crown on a team that goes to the playoffs. I, I just do. I, I, uh, I don't know. A lot has changed since the All-Star break, I think, in the conversation around people in the game on Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Shohei Otani. I brought this up on the air. I think it was yesterday or maybe on Sunday when we were in Baltimore uh, about the slide that Shohei Otani has been on. And I asked some of the Blue Jays coaches down there, too. I said, what do you think the odds are that Vladdy gains momentum to close out the season and makes this a much more difficult choice for voters or people, you know, that have to decide and then hand out these awards. And they think the best of Vladdy is still hmm. in, in front of us the rest of the way here. He, they just, they have seen the timing come back. They have seen the explosiveness. And now you're going to start to see Vladimir Guerrero Jr. lead off every sports show. Yep. Leading off MLB Network. Look, watching the last couple of weeks, too, how the highlights have been stacked on, on shows now, I'm going to take Sportsnet out of it, right, because we mm-hmm. know the Blue Jays are a prominent figure here. But watch American television yep. and look at where the Blue Jays highlights are coming mm-hmm. earlier and earlier in every show. Yep. It's just not the Yankees first and then the Red Sox game. Oh, no, 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 no. Batting third, the Toronto Blue Jays and the Tampa Bay Rays last night. And and that has a lot to do with swaying the votes and, you know, highlighting the players. It's interesting. I wish the uh, texter had given their name, but... The texter made an interesting point here, this text I'm reading right now. So do we give Otani the MVP for the next 10 years, no matter what anyone else does? Again, that's, uh, I mean, if we're going to do it this year because he's a unicorn, do we do it next year as well? I, I just think people have to open their uh, open their minds to the possibility of voting for Vladdy, I guess. And I understand it's baseball writers. It's not like the the, the general public has to do it. I just hope people have an open mind about it and they haven't already made, made their mind up here because this, this is a really special season. And I listen, God's honest truth, I'd be saying that, 
I'd be saying that even if yeah. it wasn't if, if Vladdy was playing for I don't know playing for Milwaukee or Texas. I wouldn't be saying I, it if he played for, for, for Baltimore. For me, I don't know about you too, but for me, he's got to hit fifty and they got to host a playoff game. If those two things happen, then you're getting the you, they're gonna have to make a serious decision. Then that's me. I would uh, I would go along. With I, that. I think the I think the playoff push definitely factors into it. Absolutely. I mean, we can look at who has won MVP awards and Mike Trout finishing second, right? Mm-hmm. What's what's been the difference in the last eight to ten years? Ultimately, in deciding votes, you know who's better, who's been a better catalyst for a, a contending ball club, who has helped their team be a winner in a bigger spot. And I think Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and the Blue Jays can clearly win a lot of things together. Ben, uh, what do you expect to see from Jose Barrios tonight? You know, watching, I I thought the, the changeup would factor in a lot more last night for Alec Manoa than what it did. But very early, we saw an established slider. I mean, that was the best slider, in my opinion, that we have seen from Alec Manoa since his debut. Now then, does Jose Barrios have the sharp breaking ball like he's been able to keep in his back pocket the last three starts since the adjustment in his mechanics? Is he going to have that? Is that going to be the pitch? Uh, I also talked with Jose during the last homestand, and he told me he's much more confident throwing an elevated fastball than at any point that he had been with the Twins. Hmm. So now that he is relying on that elevated fastball and on the arm slide where he feels like he can get it over on that outside corner and not let it leak back over the plate, keep it up in the zone, but still make it a competitive pitch, uh, I think that we're going to see that. Those are the two things. I need to have a question answered about his curveball and whether or not the Tampa Bay Rays are ready for it, but also the conviction sticking with that elevated fastball because it's something that he hasn't done in the past. Uh, ben, uh, odd that Bo has eliminated the leg kick for the most part. He's doing two-strike approach now. A little bit. You know what? Did we talk about this? Did we talk about this? Um, it's, it's happened in little patches over the last month, but he has not stuck with it 100%. Yeah. Now we're seeing more of a conviction with this I know. And, and toning it down. Um, I like it. I really like it. I mean, he's, he can take some vicious hacks anyway. Anytime he rolls out of bed, he's going to let it rip and a lot of body torque and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a much more controllable swing, though, when you eliminate that big high leg kick. And I talked about I talked with Bo about a couple of things on the field today. Uh, the leg kick was not one of them, but timing and feeling and the rhythm is much better with Bo right mm-hmm. now. And I think and I think we're seeing it, too. And, and maybe this jostling between sometimes being a leadoff guy, yeah. sometimes being a number four hitter in the cleanup spot, that's playing into this little development here. Do you, do you think we'll see a different lower half bow in 2022? No. Um, I think he's still young enough. You don't have to worry about that. Yeah. And, and, and listen, this guy's doing things that, and his first 162 games, when while going through right. still his first 162 game season, nobody in the history of Major League Baseball has done. So, why would you want to tinker well, with it too much? The only reason mm-hmm. I say that it's the reason why he's eliminated the leg kick a lot, right? He he obviously between the ears thinks something's up. You know, the adding and the subtracting, the getting the head out on the on velocity. It, it, well, yeah. There's something there. And, and Kevin, he's he's admitted to that, and he's yeah. a, you know he's talked about his timing feeling off. 
So I think that's a that's a minor thing for me, even though it's significant and where where we see Bo right generate all this power and naturally think like, oh my goodness, here comes that big rip by Bo. Well, that big rip by Bo pretty much is a big rip without the late kick or that little pivot that he does with the two strike approach. He still generates a lot of torque, right? Yeah. And and in spring training, he told me when he was feeling off, he used that two strike approach for about a three game pocket. And when I brought it up, and he goes, it's my timing. I want to get my timing back, and I feel like I'm more controlled with my body, my hands, and getting that bat through when I eliminate the big leg kick, and that's why I go back with my two-strike approach. Yeah. Ben, last one for me before we let you go. I know that you and Chris Black, had a, a Blue Jay Central producer, had a little bit of back and forth in a good way about Teoscar Hernandez and Teoscar's defense. Like, we talked to Jim Duquette about how you pay Teoscar. You know, how does he fit into your, your grand plan? Um, but we didn't talk about his, his defense. And the eye test suggests to me that he is taking better routes, that he looks more comfortable. The answer is yes. Uh, he definitely looks more comfortable. I ask about his confidence defensively. Where does he feel like he can still grow? And I was surprised at this. He still feels not uncomfortable. That's too strong of a word. That's too strong of a descriptor. But... He's much more at ease breaking back to his left, which surprised me. I figured the dominant side, that right side, Mm -hmm. would be much more knowing that you would be going to the gap and you're communicating most of the time now in right field, right? You'd have a center fielder there. He still feels that's where he can grow more as a defender. But going back on baseballs, he feels like he has blossomed the most, being defensively more sound in doing that and just watching the games and watching Teoscar Hernandez. In my first go-around, that was 2017, right after the trade. He came over from the Houston Astros, and he was playing all three outfield positions, uh, came up to the big leagues, saw him obviously look a little rattled, unsure about how to gauge balls in the lights, especially the line drive hit right at him. There would be that extra beat of hesitation, and it would cost him in plays, and you could tell just how tight he was playing. Teoscar has come light years for me defensively and I, you know, I've got a four-year window now of watching this and you see a lot of maturity with the individual you see the natural athleticism be trusted way more than it was the last couple of years and you, you know I, I just think that he's comfortable with his own body and let's be honest he's having a lot more success mm. and I and I think that has a lot to do with Teoscar Hernandez and and any player between the years but also given that vote of confidence to go out there, be in the lineup every day, and not play too tight. Where if you make a mistake, you know, you might not see the lineup for a couple of days until a matchup screams, get Teoscar Hernandez in there. Teoscar Hernandez walks to the ballpark every day with his chest puffed out, knowing that he's a big man in the part of this lineup, knowing that he's going to be out there in right field almost every day. Ben, we're going to let you scoot. Thank yeah. you for doing this. Way to go. Thanks, guys. Take care. That's Ben Wagner, Blue Jays radio voice on Sportsnet 590. The fans, mm. 707 first pitch. Uh, and well, every every time we talk about the Oscars defense, and, and I'm going to let you weigh in here too, but I, I also, I, I feel like I have to remind people, if you get a chance, 2017, the collision he had with Jose Altuve, yep. the Astros, where the Astros thought Teoscar had fractured his leg. They were concerned about Jose Altuve as well, obviously. They thought Teoscar had fractured his leg. If you see that collision, uh, you know, I, I've, I had some people in the organization tell me they thought that it took Teoscar a couple of years to get over that. Yeah, and he said out loud, too, that it's it's taken him a little time to not worry about where def- other yeah. defenders are at. You know, he feels comfortable enough with his body that he can run good routes 
He's he's a straight line runner now. He's not that looks like a worm. Mm-hmm. You know when he ran like he when he first got here, he was a Blue Jay. You could tell he had good speed. He had good first move, but it was that line was a little can, you know wormy. Can I ask you this? Do you think the fact that he has spent the last two years playing in basically three different home home ballparks has that maybe helped almost forced him to be better? Yeah, I don't because think so. I think he's hitting almost 300. So that's helping. He, he feels good about himself. <laughs> These guys are here. Stick, stick me in the moon oh, and I'll catch me. the ball. Oh, it's all right. You, Jeff, how long have you been around baseball? Yeah, I, At least everyday players. What's the first thing they think of? Got to go to the cage. Got to get Got to go to the cage. Got to go to the and cage. And then they go gotta take ground mine. balls. Then they go take ground balls. It ain't the, I got to go take ground balls. And then I go to the cage. Well, that's a good <laughs> point. It's not that way. That's a, that's a good point. It, it never has been and never will be. Probably never will be. Because, you, you know, again, I say it. He's going to get paid because that 100 stakes yeah. and that 300 average. Yeah, you're, you're right. 590-590 is the text line. 707 first pitch, Jose Barrios against Drew Rasmussen. We'll go back to the text line, get you set for the game, give you the starting lineups, all sorts of good stuff. You're listening to Baseball Central, powered by DoorDash on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Now, back to more Baseball Central on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. All right. So we just got a shot here in our, our screen of uh, Kevin Cash, the Rays manager. I don't know what coach it is, but they're sitting there talking. So Barker and I are having fun. We figure that that uh, Cash looks over to the coach and says, so what do you think? We tell them we got the answer to the cure to COVID-19 like tomorrow or do we wait a couple of days? And Coach goes, no, nah, not yet. What do you think? When did we tell Biden we got the cure for world peace? Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of more worried about Barrios. Yeah. yeah. Man, did you see Bichette's home run last night? Yeah. Anyhow, it was good fun. I guess he had to be there. Trust us, we were. It is Baseball Central, Blair and Barker. The lineups for tonight's game. Second game of a three-game series between uh, Mr. Barker's Tampa Bay Rays and my Blue Jays. The Jays <laughs> lineup is, are, is, Springer DHing. Shut up. I'm reading the lineup. Springer DHing, Semyon at second, Guerrero at first, Bichette at short, Hernandez in right, Dickerson at center, Guriel Jr. in left, Bravic Valera at third base, Reese McGuire behind the plate. Jose Barrios on the mound. Four, Mr. Barker's Rays, Brandon, Brandon Lau, mm-hmm. Austin Meadows, Nelson Cruz, G Man Choi, Randy Rosarina, Joey Wendell, Yandy Diaz, Manuel Margot, Mike Zanino. And uh, Drew Rasmussen will be throwing fastballs and sliders yeah, for the Tampa Bay race. So you mentioned this. Ben touched on it as well. We saw Alec Manoa carve up the predominantly left-handed Rays lineup last night. Yeah. Different lineup now. Did it, it, If Jose Barrios is, is in the dugout, he was in the dugout. Mm-hmm. Is he taking mental notes? Of how Manoa went after these I, guys, I don't think so. I, uh, I I think it's uh, it's very different for each guy. The the feel of the pitch. It's obvious that Alec Manoa was in the bullpen, and and that, oh, boy, she turned around to Pete. Hey, 
you see that? <laughs> Did you see that? What, did, what was what? We have to go get and, the Mikey and, defibrillator for P. Walker after and, seeing that slider. And then Petey went, hey, don't be afraid to throw that and see if that works for a while. And then it started working and he threw it more. It's so, it's, it's you know, again, it's this time of the year. I, I do know that it just seems like Barrios is very confident. Mm-hmm. He's confident in his mechanics. He can repeat that over and over again. He's very deceptive. He's got a little turn. You know, it, it's it's very hard for him, to, for hitters to pick up the baseball. He's got some giddy up on his heater. You know, the sinker for me is working. He can mix in the changeup, good arm speed on that changeup and that breaking ball. The the breaking ball might be the mo- most important part of it, but I I just don't – I just think it's that, – that's why that's why Kevin Cash is sitting over there going, I ain't doing this again. Like, I, <laughs> it's, re- it's real easy for me, to, for me to let Alec Manoa get in a groove out there and just start flipping the – you know, over and over and over again and getting my guys out. I ain't going to do that again. So now what do he do? He, he's, he's throwing lefty, righty, lefty, righty, lefty, righty. So now Barrios has to mix in sequences. You can't, you can't pitch the same sequence to each guy and mm-hmm. get into a groove. So that's what it is. That just makes that guy have to have all four pitches instead of two pitches. All right, we mentioned this. I'm going to go through these numbers again. Because Jose Barrios against the Rays. I'm just going to read these numbers. G-Man Choi, 0 for 6. I understand small sample sizes. Nelson Cruz's former teammate, 0 for 6. Mm. Kevin Kiermaier, 3 for 12 with a double and a home run. Kiermaier's not in the lineup. Yeah. Brandon Lau, 0 for 3. Jordan Luplo, 0 for 5. Manuel Margot, 0 for 3. Austin Meadows, 0 for 3. Brett Phillips, 1 for 8. Joey Wendell, 0 for 3. Mike Zanino, 0 for 3. Again, that's not a big sample size. That's not a big sample size at all. And uh, clearly, it doesn't include Randy or Rosarine in the lineup. But um, I, I just, I, I just found it interesting that, uh, and I'm sure the Rays know what they're doing. Know what they're doing. I, I just find that, yeah, that I, those, those are interesting numbers. I to would, me. I would look at Brios' first pitches. That, that for me is what can, can he throw multiple strikes with different pitches? That, that's the thing is, can he throw strike one with a curveball? Can he throw strike one with a changeup? Can he throw strike one with a fastball in? Right. To both sides of the plate, can he throw strike one with a sinker in, or a sinker down and away, which he probably won't do against the lefties because natural bat path and the Rays trying to hit a bunch of homers, right? They're they're a little all or nothing sometimes, so sinker's probably not going to be that way to lefties. Now he will throw that to righties. That's a good pitch to righties. You can get in there under the hands. It's tough to really get that barrel out in front on that sinker, especially when it's late moving. So for me, can he throw? At least three different pitches for strike one. If he can do that, then all of a sudden you'll see him churning. Ah, like mm-hmm. now what? Like what am I looking for now? You know, I can't guess along with him. So that that for me would be the one, one little interesting thing to see if if, if he can do that. And, I, and I, I don't see why he can't. You know, he can elevate with two strikes. He can flip it, bounce it with two strikes because he's got pretty good feel now. He's made that mechanical change. He's not tipping his pitches anymore. You know the Rays, we've seen it. Petey saw it. I saw it. You saw it. You know the Rays have seen it because they know everything before everybody else does. Mm-hmm. He's fixed it. Everything looks the same now. That'll help him. But for me, strike one with multiple pitches. Yeah, it's – the curve is, for me, the pitch that really that really in, in, intrigues me about Barrios. I, I just I still think it'd be such an effective pitch. Yeah, but he can't and, throw it a hundred times, right? No, I I, I agree. And, and I don't know I don't know if 
I don't know if in the American League East is curve curve and fastball enough. I think you you, you need to. Well, he's got two different heaters. Right. He's got a changeup, which is about seven, eight, nine miles an hour different than than the sinker and the heater. So he's got he's got a little for both sides of the plate. It's it's tunneling. One will go this, you know, down and away. Mm-hmm. Say he's lefty hitting. Right. One, one will go, you know, he can ride it up and in if he wants to because he can manipulate, get it a little on side of the baseball, and get it going that way. He can sink it which it's tunneling the same. It's just got a little different late movement to it. That That's when he's at his best. And then you, you you know, tunnel that breaking ball off the same, you know, long tunnel as those two pitches. But for me, it's about strike one. And it's strike one with multiple pitches. He can do that. He could get them guessing. For me, I think when, as, enough, as much as I've watched the Rays, they're a guessing team. You see some really awkward swings that a team that scores this many runs, you go to yourself, what, what, why? That'll tell you they're guessing. Let's do a little reset ahead of uh, handing it off to to uh, Ben and the lads. The Jays currently hold down the top wild card spot. They would host the game. They're a game ahead of the Yankees. Should mention that the Yankees have played 144 games. The Jays have played 144 games. The Red Sox. They're percent, one percentage point behind the Yankees. But they have played two more games than the Jays. So the Jays have two games in hand on them. Seattle, they are two back. Same number of games as the Jays. Oakland, they're two and a half back. They've got a game in hand on the Blue Jays. The Athletics are in Kansas City tonight. They've lost two in a row. Seattle, they're in Boston. They won last night so i guess if you if you're worried about the whole thing you'd like to see well seattle's still behind you probably want seattle to win that and uh the yankees are in baltimore so that mm-hmm. that's a reset of the standings and the yankees beat baltimore last night we mentioned boston's lost two in a row the jays are nine and one in their last 10 they won four in a row and and i and i like throwing this number out there just because it's so different from what we were talking about earlier in the year. They're 45 and 39 against teams that are better than 500. Why do you think that is? Rotation. Yeah, and it hides their bullpen. And hides their bullpen. Sure does. Yeah. No, it, it, it's the I, – I hate – I thought about this watching Alec Manoa pitch last night. I would hate to think what would happen – if Alec Manoa hadn't been doing what he's done. And Alec Manoa, in a lot of ways, is a mer- it, and, and Jose Barrios. I mean, both, Barrios was acquired at the trade deadline, but Manoa as well. They've really helped kind of save this bullpen. And... You can I, throw Steven Matz in there, too. And you can throw Steven Matz in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you Robbie Ray's Steven been doing Matz. his thing. But, you know, Ryu's had some... Some peaks and valleys, but for the most part, you can give credit to all five of them. Like they've been, you know, ever, ever since Ross Stripling went down, mm-hmm. Stephen Matz is. Yeah, uh, they, they have right had. They have had a. I mean, they 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 have had a. They've had four. They've had four pitchers. Just I, I know this is a cliche. They've had four guys really step up. But they really have. You know, Robbie Ray is in another world right now. But boy, I look at I look at Manoa. And I look at Matt's, mm-hmm. and both of those guys have, have have really, 
really stepped up here. You could almost argue that Ryu's could be a fifth guy right now. Yeah. You could argue that. You could argue. Against a certain team. Well, there are certain teams I would not mind seeing Steven Matt. I, I wouldn't mind. If I have to have a lefty yep. right now for, for matchups. Other I than Robbie mind. Ray. Yeah. Um, okay. Robbie Ray side. But if, 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 I, if I've got to choose between Hyunjin Ryu or Steven Matz, but I'm going Matz right now. And you know, let's see what Ryu, let's see what happens. And I thought Danny Jansen made a great point in our discussion as well. You know, there's, Ryu's got a lot of weapons. And there is kind of a process of figuring things They're out as, as the game goes on. That's yeah. basically what he says. Yeah. They're real moody. And, and occasionally one or two of them aren't going to show up. And a lot for for me, a lot most of that is arm slot and arm speed. And when, you've talked about that all year. When it when he doesn't can, matter about the it does anything not. else. When he can get it there over and over and over in the same slot at the same arm speed, it usually goes where he wants it to go. When it's not, and you can see you can actually see it a little aiming out on the mound. Like he just I it's just not there. And I'm trying to aim it and make it go change up down and away or the cutter up and in, which is not what he every for me, every time he struggled, it's been two pitches. Arm feet on the change up, which is a little pronating, mm-hmm. and the finish on the cutter. That'll tell you. Arm slot, arm speed. Is that age? Is that over usage? Is that all of the above? Is this what we're going to expect from Ryu down the down, you know, however many more starts he's going to make as a blue jay? When the Jays signed Hyunjin Ryu last year. Two years ago. Two years ago, pardon me, two years ago. I thought that ideally, if you're the Blue Jays, by the time the third year of his contract rolls around, you want him to be no better than your third or fourth starter. Yeah. For If that's the case, then you've done well. You don't mm-hmm. want Hyunjin Ryu to, let's put it this way. You don't want him being the opening day starter next year. Nope. <clears throat> And and I still think the plan with Hyunjin Ryu all along has been get value for those three years out of that deal. Sure. And then if your rotation is strong, maybe Nate Pearson comes back next year and can mm-hmm. start. Then in the fourth year of that contract, maybe you can look at moving him on for something else. You may have to pick up half the salary. Also, but- the intangibles he's bringing to the Manoas and the Matzes, all the conversations, even with Ray, you can see them all huddle around him. They're asking questions. Yeah. So that is it. Ben Wagner will take over from us. He is at the Rogers Center. The Jays, the Rays, game two of their three-game series. The Jays one game up in the wild card. You're listening to Baseball Central, powered by DoorDash on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Just had to do that. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now.